My name is Jason Rosario, and I invite you to join me in open and vulnerable conversations about what's on the heart and minds of men. This is Hey Jason. everybody Jason here and welcome back to Hey Jason the podcast and I am excited to have a good brother that I full disclosure recently connected with but as we all know energy is is undeniable and good people gravitate to good people man so I'm a big believer in that so I am happy and thrilled to have Robert Palmer in the studio with us uh, for a healthy and lengthy conversation about a lot of different things, man. So, Robert, thanks for being here with us, man. Thank you so much, Jason. Um, this is a great opportunity. I love the work that you do in challenging, uh, you know, in your own leisure time, male masculinity, the evolution of man, people behavior, and just creating a dialogue and a space for people to talk about that. So we've had our own fair share of Absolutely. short tidbits, you know, and discussions, which I know for a fact um, that throughout the rest of the time that we're here today, that will spark some uh, some ideas, yeah, new yeah. interests. Now let's get into it, man, because I think that's the that's the thing, right? We're living in interesting times where men are really grappling with a lot of different things and we're being forced to confront what we think masculinity is, right? Or what it has been and what we've been taught. But before I get into that, I just want to give the people a little bit of a sense for what you've done and where you come from and why we're having this conversation because you are, uh, for all intents and purposes, a renaissance man and, and someone who's been and done a lot of different things. Uh, but for the people that are listening, Rob is a native of, of Dallas, Texas, and we were just joking offline that he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan and I'm the only New York Gi <laughs> the only Giants fan in the room, so I feel a little bit outnumbered. But you know, you, you grew up in Dallas, uh, you came up to New York for college, you went to Fordham University, played football there, and and I want to start there. Tell me about what it was like growing up in Dallas. Tell me about what brought you up to New York and, and your time, your initial time here in New York. Yeah, so I mean, you know, just like you said, born and raised Dallas, Texas, in a little suburban area called Grand Prairie, where when I was there going through high school, we had two high schools, and those two high schools were the high schools that almost all of my family graduated from, right? Um, we had, I think I want to say around the time, 100,000 people, maybe even 200,000 people in the city, um, graduated with a class of 900 people. Um, in high school, I played every single sport. I mean, I was like, I don't want my mom to have to suffer um, and deal with the heartbreak of taking out loans and this and this and that when I leave her. So I wanted to get a scholarship. You know, we didn't have the support of any male figure in our home. Um, so I was brother father to my younger brother. And I was the man of the house, right? So I was in show choir, football, basketball, track, National Honor Society, student council, because I wanted to get my foot and my hands onto something that will that would essentially propel me towards that destination of having a education that is fully paid for, expense-free. So I landed a scholarship at Fordham University um, where I studied business finance. Um, I was able to leave not only with a business finance degree, but having played two uh, collegiate sports, football and track, um, got value investing certified, Bloomberg terminal certified, which I probably will never use, especially in my profession now. Um, and then 
soon after graduation or as we led up to graduation, I had to deal with the reality that I may not go professional, right? Um, I chased the dream of playing professional ball my whole life because I was the son of an ex-football player who's now currently um, retired. Obviously, he coaches and things like that. Um, and later in my life, I developed a relationship with him, which kind of took the edge off of me wanting to pursue a dream to follow in the footsteps of my father, okay? So I had to have a hard decision, something that I chased my whole life since five years old. Do I continue to pursue it? Or do I hear the cries of my younger brother back home in Texas who was still in high school at the time, who needed me, who was hurting because he didn't have his father as well? Um, do I bring him up and kind of take him under my wings and show him the ropes and be brother, father yet once again? So made that decision. And then soon after I had my sister pass. And I am the type of person that looks to Floyd Mayweather for a lot, but it doesn't have to do with the ring. Floyd Mayweather rolls with the punches. He doesn't get hit, right? So in life, when I take my steps and I walk cautiously and I'm evaluating my current situations, I don't blame my situation. I don't let my feet grow roots. I make moves. So when I graduated, I say, you know what? My sister passed away. Um, she was dealing with mental health issues. My whole life, I've lived a, a life of servitude, you know, volunteering my time with the NAACP, the YMCA, Goodwill, Salvation Army, and I need to make money right? What can I do? I combined all of my skill sets. I combined all of my education and I became a fitness professional. And the career has taken me to places that I could only dream of. You know, I was that little boy that used to sit on the couch with my grandmother, with my mom, looking at the ball drop from Times Square. It was always a dream to come to New York. And now I had an actual true calling, which is helping people um, see the brighter side of life changing their body, changing their outlook, look, changing their perspective. Um, and now we have a full 360 approach company called Be Exceptional Fitness, where we have a meal delivery service, um, an app to be able to cater to people that are not here locally. Um, we have a full array, a full spectrum of trainers with many different disciplines and specialties, yoga, massage therapy, physical therapy. Um, and I'm still very much impassioned um, the same way in which I was when I made the decision to come into this career as I was, uh, as I am now. So yeah. I mean, that's the short of it, yeah. That, no, but this, that's so rich. <laughs> yeah. There's so much in there to unpack. So I want to take you back to something that I think we connect on, one of the many things, and that is the fact that you grew up, for all intents and purposes, in a single-parent home. Mm -hmm. How did that shape you? What did you learn from your dad, either, well, in this case, indirectly, mm -hmm. about what it meant to be a man? I mean... <clears throat> you know, my mom was tough and I was having a conversation with a client today and, you know, especially I think this is appropriate because Father's Day was this past weekend. And I all happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, we'll talk thank about you. that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, man. Um, so I always tell my mom happy Mother's Day and happy Father's Day because she was a very strong, was resilient um, woman who persevered so many times. Right. When you say a person that did not let the circumstances define who they were and that they were going to allow their children, in this case, her children, to create a path that wasn't um, roadblock, roadblocked by our upbringing, where we lived, you know, our economic um, status and things like that, she did a really good job. You know, it was hard. My mom 
we weren't a household to where we were really allowed to express our emotions, right? And I think this is big because you look at the two types of people. We have women, we have men, right? Women, even as little girls, we embrace them when they cry, right? We embrace them when they want love. Whereas men, young men, even older men, if you cry, you're seen as soft, right? So I, I was in a household to where my mom, she was hard. I'm not gonna raise no soft, soft boy. You are a man, you're gonna be an adult, right? So I think she taught me how to be a man because she was hurt by so many men. So she wanted to set an example on what I was not gonna be like. You understand? And so now we have this paradox of a woman teaching a young man how to be a man, but she has never even had the man of her dreams come into her life. So she's been hurt, 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 hurt. So the only thing she could do is everything that they did to hurt me, I'm going to teach you the opposite. Right. And so she was tough. She was she was really tough. She and was that's, hard. That's real because, again, same, same with me. My dad wasn't a, a, a presence in my life consistently in my formative years. Mm -hmm. So I learned through negative confirmation. It's like, yo, that's what he was. I'm not going to be that. Mm -hmm. But specifically as it relates to being raised by single moms, mm -hmm. one of the things that I learned is that who better to teach men how to touch, get in touch with their emotional yeah. side, right? Like if we're in a time now where the society in general is asking men to be more emotive and more in touch with that side of themselves, then who better to teach us that than a woman? So I I'm glad to, see, to hear that you actually felt that that's what your mom taught you. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, and, and, and like I said, it was tough, but like she was a very loving mom and she would always remind us, I'm doing this all out of love and out of the depths of my heart because you are me. And I wanna make sure that you are able to live a fulfilled life and respect the women in your life, right? And completely go against the common stigma that men are dogs, liars, cheaters, um, emotionalists. So, I mean, all those things she was able to teach me. So, I but the agree, flip yeah. side of that is that you know clearly it's it's always better to have both a man and a woman together to raise, say. right? Just to kind of get both sides of it. But there are people out there that say, well, no, you need a man in the in the home. So, what are your thoughts about anything that you might have missed from not having your dad in your home to raise you? <sighs> anything that I missed? Do you feel like I, you missed honestly, anything? Honestly, I don't. What I what I do think I missed, they're more physical, right? I, I taught myself how to shave, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to get in here. This is explicit, but like everything from exploring myself and, and finding my manhood and understanding what an erection was and having sex, like I had to teach myself that, right? And now, you know, that I'm in a situation where I have two stepchildren and one, the oldest one being a, a young man, I can now fill that void for him because he doesn't have that in his life all either, right? So, you know, he is also um, a very brilliant, athletic young man, very smart, very intelligent, uh, well beyond the years. And I can now say, you know, I'm going to teach you how to shave. You know what? Make sure you put deodorant on. You're starting to smell a little bit, you know? Um, make sure you open up the door. So things like that that I had to learn by just observing, right? And you, you miss that. And I guess I, I actually missed it now that I'm teaching him that. And it makes it does take me back from time to time when I'm like, dang, I never had anybody teach me this. Wow. 
Like that's a, that's crazy. I never had anybody tell me or like even being soft. Like I remember at one point there were issues with ladies that I dated and I would laugh at situations because I, I didn't truly understand the effect that my laughter would have on a negative situation that they that they perceived as being very harmful or hurtful. And um, but I think I don't think that there was anything uh, that I missed out outside that I that I don't have now outside of the fact that I, I didn't learn how to shave from a man. You know, I watch TV shows and YouTube. So, yeah, I'm curious because one of the things that I learned that I picked up, whether good or bad, was this idea that because I saw my mom do it by herself mm -hmm. and she showed me her strength that as a man with better command of the language mm -hmm. of the English language with better opportunity and with fr quite frankly male privilege mm -hmm. I could do much more and so for me when I grew up and, and, and started dating women mm -hmm. I used those lenses to essentially judge a lot of women mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the same for you uh well I know they say your mom is your first girlfriend and I do definitely compare my mom uh, or any any woman that I date to the principles in which which my mom lived Absolutely, by, yeah. and so I mean I I think through my years at Fordham I did because I continue to do a lot of volunteering work and I supported a lot of um, women movements that happened within my four years. I became more and more aware of my place in society, how I can use or how I can abuse my power. And I want to make sure that I'm always using it for, for the good to uplift, you know, my women counterparts. Um, and sometimes we fall into this, uh, this status to where we are ignorant to our power, right? And um, I think, that, you know, I, I'm, I'm now alluding back to a relationship that I had in the past that she's now a very strong, smart woman. She's a feminist now, but a girl that I dated and she basically sh showed me and opened my eyes a lot more to the, um, I would say the insecurities that I had as a man, um, showed me why it was important for me to find my soft side. Um, and it really helped me so that I can find the woman that I have now, right? If I didn't have that experience with a woman who was able to call me out I couldn't find the woman that I have now, right, um, in my, my current wife. So um, I guess hopefully that answers the question. But No, it does. I mean, I think it's just there's no right or wrong answer, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. think it's just a matter of having the awareness of what you – some of the lessons, for better or worse, that you got from being raised the way you were, mm -hmm. and then how does that inform who you are as a man today and how you're moving about the world and your relationships I think is important. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we don't spend as men – enough time thinking about whether you grew up with both parents in the home or not I think all of those things really inform how we show up in our relationships you mentioned your you mentioned your your partner now mm -hmm. Lauren is an incredible woman okay. a powerhouse and you guys together are building this incredible uh, platform and, and empire for all intents and purposes I want to talk about the experience that you had when you first met her <laughs> knowing that she was a single mom yeah knowing that she had done so much for her children, for herself, by herself, mm -hmm. how did you feel entering that relationship? Were there any instances where you felt intimidated <laughs> at all? Definitely. I mean, I, I want to hear <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. Tell me, tell no, me what definitely. that I mean, like. so just to paint, you know, and I know she'll, she'll, she's going to listen to this and just smile <laughs> her ass off. But, like, just for the users and, the, I mean, the listeners right now, so 
Lauren is a f beautiful, phenomenal, extravagant woman. I mean, standing at five foot eleven, six foot with her heels on. She's taller than me. Um, she graduated at the top of her class Which at FIT. a whole FIT. other conversation for men. It, it's right? exactly right. She's <laughs> she's taller than me, right? So I, I'm dealing with that. But then also, I would always say she's smarter than me. She jokes and said I have a better degree, but she's far more advanced when it comes to her vernacular, when it comes to her analysis of situations, being able to combine thoughts and get those out the um, out of her brain and onto paper or whether it be speaking. I've seen her speak around the world and people come up to me and like, can I speak? I'm like, look, I'm still at awe. I am a, a just as much in the audience as you are, right? Because she's incredible. But there was there was definitely, definitely a lot of um, insecurities that I had to deal with. And I think a lot of that was shaped um, by society norms, societal norms. And, you know, she has not only started, ran, but sold businesses multiple times over. She, you know, raised money for her own fund. Um, she's been on TV and all these things. And so it did take, you know, like I said, she reminded me of a lot of my mom. So it did take her to allow me the space to have those conversations so that I can actually express the insecurities that I had. So I think me getting over my the things that I was scared of going into a relationship were, um, you know, just as much attributed to her ability to actually listen to me. Um, and still, ladies, to me, did yeah, you hear that? It's listen. important. It's important. You can't. You can't. You can't make your man. I mean, you can if you if that's how you want to roll, but you can't make your man feel like he's useless and that he's just a tool for you to use when you want to, right? And you know, if most people I know outside looking in will look at us and they say. They say that 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 this relationship, how does it work, right? Now, granted, they don't know as far as me as a professional because her circles are a different circle than mine, right? And so they always ask questions. They see the ring. They're like, oh, my, how did he afford that ring, right? And, you know, I always have to feel like I'm defending myself. But she always reassures me and say, Rob, you don't have to. And she, she gives me that comfort. And it definitely reminds me of the same love that my mom gave me, right? That's my first girlfriend. So when I see reminisce of that, like, that makes me go a lot closer to that person. So Lauren, she definitely has uh, given me a space to explore myself in a way that I have never been able to because she came to me with open ears. That's so important, man. And, and I, I'm very vocal about that mm -hmm. because we hear a lot about what men are not and what we're not doing in relationship mm -hmm. and not enough. We don't speak enough about what we can do for each other specifically yeah. what men or women can do, especially powerful women like Lauren can do to create space for us to just be who we are yeah. and, and vice versa. So I'm, I'm so thrilled. And I watch you guys and it's just like, wow, um, I'm grateful to know y'all. Yeah, and, then, and the thing I forgot to mention too, and I'm younger than her. Oh, so, well, and I'm yeah, younger than her. So yeah. I have literally every box ticked to where people are raising their eyebrows and they're like, oh, they, they do look good as a couple, but okay, who are you? Where are you from? How much money do you have? This and this and that. So I just want to put that out there. No, that's that's real. That's <laughs> real. And let me give you another box. The fact that she brought two children to that the table. That too. Yeah, I, want, I want to talk about that because it, Father's Day just passed. Yeah. And, you know, again, Father's Day, happy Father's Day. But that's, it's something that we don't normally see. We normally see the opposite. We see men who have children bringing on and starting relationships with women who don't. The opposite is also true. So tell me about that experience. Yeah, so, you know, first, let me just clear things up. So I call her my wife because I like speaking things into existence. All right, we, we're engaged right now. Um, we're planning on when and where we're going to have the wedding. But when I proposed to her, I not only proposed to her, but the kids also. And it was more important for them to accept me than it was for her. 
You understand what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people forget that. When you're coming into a unit that is already existing and you are the outsider, it is important for you to ask for the approval of the children because they're going to be honest with you and they're not going to hold their tongue, right? And so I have my own independent relationship with both of them, both Chloe and Jaden. They're both phenomenal, uh, 9 and 11, but extremely smart, extremely tall. They're both almost as tall as me. But <clears throat> I make sure that I always, and even from the beginning, that I made sure that they were comfortable with me being with their mother and asking, you know, is is what I'm doing and what I represent for them, what they expect from me, right? Are they comfortable with me filling the father role for them? And I communicate with them. And this is completely separate. She didn't ask me to do this. And a lot of this was motivated because I never had that, right? So the same way in which my mama taught me to be a man by indirectly learning what a man should be because of the hatred that she had for her negative relationships, I used that growing up as a kid I wish a dad was did this for me. I wish a dad did this. I wish I had somebody to talk to. I bring that to the table with them. And so they, you know, they text me frequently. They'll send me YouTube links and I make sure that I I embrace them in the best way that I know how by allowing them to tell me what they need from me, right? Nothing feels better than going to pick up our youngest one from school and the teacher say, "Who is that?" and she says, "My dad." I mean, these kids these kids were too young to know who, and I can say this because this stuff is public. You know, Lauren is extremely public. She wrote a book, bestseller, The Path Redefined. Get into you. Shout, to the, yeah, <laughs> shout out, shout out. So she talks about this, but you know, these kids, they were they were so young and they didn't even they didn't even get a chance to develop a relationship with their biological father. So I know that I am making up ground. I'm I'm trying to make up ground for them so that they know that they have me by their side for life. Rob, I saw a social media meme. And shout to social media because it has no chill. Oh my God. But along these lines, it said, dating a single mother is like starting someone else's saved game on story mode. And it was, that is I was funny. like, yo, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in the yeah. room, just so y'all know that, that are listening, everybody's like, what? Because mm -hmm. it was my reaction That's too. Deep. <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> and I know a lot of men hesitate and are like, yo, I'm not dating anybody with kids. Yeah. So tell me about that process for you when you met Lauren what were the determining factors for you to say, you know what, I do want to not only invest in this relationship, but build a future with her? It felt right. And, you know, I grew up trusting my intuition in everything that I did. Um, and I know that that's a gift from God that I have. And it felt right. So when I realized that I can sit by the fireplace with her for three hours and talk world news, I'm like, she's a real one. When I knew I could sit there and cry in front of her. And mind you, because my mom was was hard, I stopped crying at the age of 11. Man, I'm still trying to figure out how to cry. Listen, I stopped crying at the age of 11. Mm. Probably even sooner than that, but I recall 11, not crying ever, right? My sister passed when I was after college, and I didn't even cry during her funeral. Not because I didn't want to, but because I didn't have the capacity to do so. When I sat in front of the fire with her and we were talking and we were going, you know, I was giving her my life story very similar to what I was doing for you. We were going a little bit more um, deep than what we are now. Um, and she gave me a little bit insight to what she was going through and I just started bawling. And I've never felt that with any relationship, friendship, girlfriend, my, nothing, right? And I was like, you know what? I said, this means something. You know, and so she was able to bring out something in me that I haven't felt in a long time. And I think on the adverse, I was able to do that for her. She hadn't been with anybody serious for eight, nine years. 
And when that sparked, like, oh, wow, I could probably do this again, she expressed that to me. And when she realized that, it made her tear up, too, because she was like, I now have found the love that I thought I had when I first got married at 19, you know? Um, and I think as men, you know, we're prideful. We always want to be the first. We want to be the first to marry. We want you to have my kids. I don't want to take care of anybody else's kids, but these kids were abandoned. They were abandoned, you know? And so I felt for them. And so their situation, um, having a strong, uh, uh, powerful-minded and will-filled mom and then having these kids who are so innocent yet so smart and so ambitious and have big dreams and big goals, like I saw a lot of myself in them. Um, so I was able to get over coming into the relationship when with the two kids already there, practically fully alert, fully grown, and me not feeling any type of way. I embrace them the same way I embrace her. So what advice would you give both men who are in the same situation that you were in, considering establishing a relationship with someone with kids, and the woman who has kids and is looking for love? What advice would you give both parties? I mean, so my personal opinion, take it or leave it, for the men potentially pursuing women with children from a prior relationship, whether that relationship is still existed or existing or it's something in the past and the hands have been wiped with it. Yes, it's important to get to know your potential partner, but it is inappropriate for you to develop a relationship with that woman without the intentions of being the father figure or the male, the male positive figure um, that those children need, right? And we have friends that will date men um, or women, whatever it may be, and they will not bring their children around. To me, it's inappropriate because your children are an extension of you. Some people, they, they, they look at it as taboo, but it, it, should be, it should be something that all women and all men make sure they put their eyesight on is, okay, you're good with me. Sex is good, talk is good, laughter, you take me out on dates. How are you with my kids? Because if you're not good with my kids, I don't see us being together for a long time. And I think women have to own that. Right, it is what it is. It's not a they're not a mistake. Um, they're not something that should hinder you from dating, or they're and, and for men, it's not something that should turn you away, right? Especially if you establish the role that you are going to play in those children's life. And there's some men that says, "Look, I don't want to raise those kids." That's fine. Establish that relationship. Make sure you know what you're getting into before you get into that relationship, and 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 take advantage of the opportunities to express any discomfort that you have, if there is any. What, would you, what advice would you give for women, right? Or, or anything that you think Lauren would tell women in that same scenario? Don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, she says it all the time. And she says if she would have come to the relationship, I mean, for hers, it was more so not bringing the kids related. It was more so dating a man who was younger than her, who was shorter than her, who may have not have made as much as her, um, and who does not have a high-profile job. She did not look at any of that. And it was different for her, right? And that's what—that's why she was able to yield different results in the relationship that we have now because she disregarded all of the things that she would typically um, measure up against the men that she would date, you know? And so I know for a fact she would say, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, make sure that you understand what you don't want before you start searching for what you want. And that's deep, right? People can list a long list of... of, of nouns and verbs and whatever it may be and what they want pages will go on and on and on but when you say what don't you want okay i want somebody i don't want somebody that's gonna lie to me 
right? I don't want somebody that's going to abuse me. I don't want somebody that's going to be lazy, who's going to use me, right? When you start labeling that, all the pseudo stuff, it goes out the, it goes out the door. And you start seeing people for who they really are and what they're really worth, you know? cars the the, the 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 fat checks and the phones or whatever that may be traveling abroad like that could be taken away just like that right how a person treats you okay the trust that you have in that person not love the trust that you have in that person yeah. goes a lot further right absolutely so and i just tweeted about that i said you know for men we we put so much stock and so much of our self-worth into what we can provide materially and really the measure of a man is what you can do. I mean, the measure of any human being, but mm -hmm. as a man, the measure of your worth is what you give emotionally uh -huh. and spiritually, uh -huh. right? That yeah. love. Can you empower? Are you, like, does the person who you are with, do they see you as somebody who um, affirms them, right? Um, somebody who empowers them, right? And I empower her, right? She asked me a question, like, Rob, if I take a job in Canada, you know, how would you feel? I said, sweetie, do it. I'll make sure that I, I need to put all the pieces in place so that, you know, we can uproot the family if we need be. If you want me to hold down the fort, I'll hold down the fort. Just let me know, right? So I'll always, you know, encourage her to chase the things that she wants and she desires because she's never stopped me from doing that, right? When I said I want to start the meal service, she was like, are you sure? The restaurant business, the food business is a hard business, you know, da 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 She's like, but look, if you want to do it, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to yeah. give you, you know, and so... You know, I, can, I can't do anything but reciprocate that back to her, yeah. you know? So we've gotten to that time uh, in the episode where we're trying to answer one fundamental question, man. Oh, yeah. And that is, what is your definition of a good man? Whew. You know, um, this may seem cheap, simple, um, but I really do feel that the definition of a good man should also apply to a definition of a good human and of a good adult. A good man is somebody that you can trust, point blank, that you can trust. They have integrity, right? They take blame for the mistakes that they make. They say, I'm sorry. These are examples, but, but I, I think you can get the sentiment behind it. They say sorry, right? They listen. They make adjustments, okay? They're not afraid to audible. But trust, trust should be at the forefront of everything that that man does. Um, if you don't have trust, you know, you shouldn't be with them. And you shouldn't waste your time being with somebody who is not going to give you the assurance that you are not going to walk out on them when things get tough. My brother, your, your business and your mantras be exceptional. And to me, that's, that's synonymous with being world-class. Mm -hmm. And you are a world-class gentleman. You're a world-class brother. Um, you're a world-class professional trainer. Um, so there's no coincidence to me that that's what you've chosen to, to name your business. So thank you for being here, man. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see you grow. I'm excited to see what's next. And for better or worse, brother, you stuck with me. So ah, we got work to do, bro. I love bro. it. I love it. I love Rob, it. Rob, thanks again for being here, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. you.